the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome in. Hour number two of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring in Jonathan's window and Diego. That's it. That's all we could get to show up for work. Bill George is still up in Pennsylvania. Vince is uh, at home under the weather. Uh, Mike is out playing around on a boat or something. And then Glenn's out playing on a boat or something. So everybody's out doing something but us. We're, 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 the, we're the lonely ones. No, no, I'll be taking care of that here in a couple hours. (laughs) The only ones doing our jobs, it's all good. But uh, everybody who's out there, good luck. Go have fun. I saw that uh, uh, the other George up in Pennsylvania with Bill George got himself a nice bird this past week. Sweet. They're still turkey hunting up there, still busting up the big thunderbirds, killing them all up there. And uh, I think he'll be back by next weekend or so. Uh, a few things to remind you here in hour number two is June 19th, Panfish Challenge. Going to be happening up at Panavista Vista Lodge up at Lake Panasofki. Talking about fishing, hanging out, having a good time. Going to be lots of fun. Bring a lot of children and let them go. Let them get out there we love children. and have some fun. Uh, it'll be a good time <laughs> had by all. I'm not, no, I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> I will say that I believe from uh, the last report, all the pontoon boats have been rented out. I don't know if all the John boats have been rented out. I know that the cabins are all uh, rented out, but they do have RV parking. If you have a camper or anything like that that you'd like to take up there, they do have primitive it's camping. Not a far drive. It's an hour. It's an hour north of Tampa. It's 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 a beautiful place. It's a a hidden gem right off of the well, interstate. Even if you don't want to fish, come show up. I mean, you got we've got prizes out the wazoo. There's stuff for the kids. Yeah, 50-50 raffle. I mean, yeah, at the end of it, we all usually end up at Catfish Johnny's trying to gain as much weight as we can before we head back to our, our homes. All tanned and, but you know. Kids are worn out. Uh, it'll be a nice, quiet ride home. Put a couple uh, corn fritters in them. They're done. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be out. But that's happening on June 19th at the uh, Panavista Lodge at Lake Panasofki. You can go to panavista.com, uh, Panavista Lodge, or you can even go to panfishchallenge.com. Uh, owns the website now so that uh, all of the information is updated there. All the new sponsors, everybody who's involved in it. Uh, Brandon Ford stepped Every- up with a check again this year, so we're probably going to extend the payout a little farther down the line. Uh, if you don't know what the Panfish Challenge is, you go in there, you you go fish for the day, and you bring in your 12 heaviest panfish, whether it be bluegill, shellcracker, warmouth, any of those others, crappie. And no, bass war, don't y'all count. told me warmouth doesn't count as a panfish. But it doesn't mean you can't catch them. I know. Uh, and you put them in there, and of course, it's the heaviest bluegill wins 100 bucks. The heaviest 
Uh, show crackers. I, I remember. Bucks. I remember y'all ganged up on me when they, you, we said war mouse not a panfish, and I about lost my flipping mind because they that's are. you know. I know that there. If you if you go look at the official panfish of the Florida on the FWC, it's on there. But anyway. We didn't make those rules, so it's no big deal. But anyway, if you can win $500, if you got the, the biggest pile of them, and the difference between the Panfish Challenge and a bass tournament is you ain't got to turn them loose. You could show up with a cane pole and win this deal. That's right. Kite string, cane pole, and a bent-up safety pin. And walk away with probably close to $1,000. Darn right for a day's worth of fishing. And you get to keep the fish and fry them up. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with them, if you want to, or you can and, turn them loose. And, and if not, our good friend Mr. Kenman will probably be standing there with his cleaning station <laughs> ready his, to rumble. His trusty Mr. Twister electric fillet knife. <laughs> that, well, like, we're sitting here laughing about talking about stuff like that. We were talking about the first segment about the Airbnb places and all that. Could you imagine somebody if somebody did that at that tournament? They would probably they could they could make several hundred dollars if it's just, just set up a cleaning station, clean up your fish for bring, you, bring them to me. Yeah, fifty cents a fish. <laughs> bring them to me. You want them scaled? You want them filleted? What do you want them done? Let's you know go. What? Then you got a bidding war because if you got a better knife, if you got like a like one of those nice Bubba electric ones, you could get in there and go. Oh, I'll dude. do it. For, I'll do it for twenty five twenty five cents a fish. Capitalism, baby. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> you be sitting there cleaning them up. But anyway, it's all happening on June 19th. Uh, we would love to see you there. I, I'm not kidding when I say uh, bring your kids, bring your kids' uh, best friends from school. You will have a blast. Whatever you can. I mean, if uh, little Billy wants his friend Josh to spend the night from school, uh, ask the parents if it's okay if they come up because I'm telling you they're going to have a great and wonderful time up there. It's beautiful, it's quiet, it's nice, it's plenty of fishing. When, um, when of course, Mr. Jim put that, uh, that one-and-done feeder down there on the end of the dock down there with filled it full of fish food. Which will be another prize in the uh, raffle this they, year. Shoot, dude, that's awesome. That right there alone is worth the trip. Seriously, those things are darn dang expensive to be able yeah. to get one of those things and get one up there if you're a hunter. Uh, but lots of goodies to be given away. I know that a lot of our uh, our distributors and uh, and local bait makers and stuff like uh, Bass Gorilla and um, uh, Big Dog Baits and all that stuff, they're donating a bunch of stuff again this year for, for all the kids. So they go away with packs and packs of, of baits and stuff for everybody. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And uh, a little later on in that month of July – we have the uh, new event that's going to be happening. It's been renamed again this year. It is not the um, the Big Buck Expo or the Outdoor Life Sportsman's Field and Stream, blah, 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 blah. blah. It is now mm-hmm. going to be called the Open Season. Open Season Sportsman's Show. Is that right? Is that Sportsman's right? Expo. Expo. That's right. Open Season Sportsman's Expo, which is happening July 20th. Mm-hmm. 23rd through the 25th. 23rd through the 25th. So that's uh, going to be a good Right time there before opening weekend, South Florida. Oh, that is right. That's right. Mm-hmm. God, man. I can't believe it's already. Yeah, tell me about it. I cannot believe that it's already here. The hunting season's almost here already. And you know what? Not to alarm anybody and not to freak out and to freak out, but, dude, you can't find hunting ammo anywhere. 
I'm serious. Welcome to my nightmare. People are starting to get into, like, uh, should I panic mode? I mean, when you can't even go find 30-06 anywhere, you know, except for the occasional, I was walking through the aisles of uh, Wally World, and there was, like, four boxes, and I grabbed them. I've come to the realization. Well, that was I've, it. They only had four boxes there. I bought them all. I've come to the realization now that, like, for me with 308 or anything else, I don't even care really truthfully what the grain bullet is. I'm just buying the 308 just so I can have the shell casing and all that stuff like that after I shoot it. Well, I mean, that's getting to be sad. I mean, 243, 270, yeah. 308, I mean, you can't find it. Mm-hmm. Distributors are looking at us like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. And then you listen to the ammunition manufacturers, and they're like, we're pumping it out as fast as we can. I ain't seen none yet. I'm starting to get worried. Pump faster. This <laughs> is a big and wild outdoors. We're going to take a fast one. Brought to you by Brand- Brandon Fork. We'll be back. Jonathan Diego in here with you this morning. If you want to call, go ahead. 888-404-1010-888-404-1010. If you just want to say hi, that's okay. Uh, I wanted to mention, uh, remember a couple of weeks back, we talked to Alan, uh, who was starting up the very first annual Father's Day fishing tournament. It just happens to coincide with the same weekend that we're doing the Panfish Challenge. And so we said that if you can't make it up to Panasofki, if you can't make it up there to, to win um, lots of money and fabulous prizes, then by all means, head on over there and uh, do the catfish tournament that's going to be happening. You don't want to catch panfish, go catch catfish. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, uh, June 19th, it's happening from 1 o'clock, I mean from 8 a.m. to 1 o'clock at the Curlwood Village Park over in Tampa. And it's the uh, first annual uh, Catch and Release Father's Day Fishing Tournament. Uh, fishing teams consist of one adult and one child, 12 and under. They do have limited capacity, so they would like to hear from you so that they know exactly how many uh, rods, they reels, need a stuff. Head count. And, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. They're going to have uh, food trucks out there. They're going to have a DJ. Uh, they're going to have some free fishing classes. They're going to have the FWC and the uh, Tampa Bay Junior Bass uh, Club's going to be out there as well, helping out with the youngsters, giving them some few pointers and all that kind of stuff. If you want to uh, register, pre-register, or do any of that kind of stuff, uh, you need to do it by the 16th of uh, June. So you must be pre-registered to fish in it. And uh, I got a number here that if you want to go give them a call, or you can go to uh, a website. Well, it's an email uh, for more information, which is uh, Valdens, V, I can't see it, V-A-N. V-A-L-D-E-N-Z-N 
Valdens at hcflgov.net. <sighs> or you can go in and uh, do what everybody else does and just go search uh, Father's Day Tournament at Carrollwood Village Park. By the way, I went and looked up that park. Nice. Because, you know, it's always good to have one in your back pocket about a good spot where, uh, you know, they're holding fishing tournaments. Very nice. <laughs> so uh, it's it's very nice. I didn't even know it existed. I looked at it, and I'm always looking for, you know, sneaky, sneaky lakes and stuff like that to get back there with me and Bart and the kids uh, going in there and doing a little commando yeah. raid before a security guy. Excuse me, you can't be doing that in here. Sorry, sir, there's no signs here. There's no, uh, there's no coat. You know, we're that guy. Yeah. I learned that from Dean Frazier back in the day. You get confronted, you go, where's where's the sign? Where's the uh, statue? Where's the markings? Where's the statue? It has to be clearly marked here, the statue that says I can't fish here. Where Where is that at? Where is it at? Where, where's the sign that says no fishing? Where Where are they? Well, it's, it's just known. Uh-huh. I'll wait right here for the FWC officer to show up. Thank you. Thank you for your help. Appreciate it. Do you, do you hold your cell phone up and say, do you want me to call or do you want to call? My man, I just, I just put it on them. Call them. I'll be right here. I'm not going anywhere. Usually we end up fishing for the rest of the day, so it's not that big of a deal. So it's all good. I'm not trying. I didn't wake up this morning wanting to be a jackass. You just pushed my jackass button. <laughs> push, the, push, push the button right above the other one that you should never touch. But, yeah, that's all good. Kerwood Village Park is where the Father's Day fishing tournament is going to happen. It's a catfish tournament, uh, Saturday, June 19th from 1 a.m. to 1 p.m. Not to be confused with the Panfish Challenge growing up at Lake Panasofsky for about the same time, but in a different location. Yes. And it'll all be good. So Both for great causes. They are. They're, uh, anytime you can get uh, moms and dads, boys and girls, whatever it is out there to go fish, I'm all for it. That's why when Alan's like, oh, man, should I call? I don't want to call because, I mean, I don't want to, you know, conflict with it. We're like, dude, who cares? We how, spread how, the love around here. How many people are going to be literally out fishing in Tampa Bay the same day that we're having our panfish challenge? Seriously. If if, if Jim Veal. Jim, Jim, God bless him and Kelly and all them, they might say, hey, y'all need to put on a couple more tournaments on the same day. So yeah, somebody not. somewhere up the street to put up a, a, a bass tournament or something, please. Yeah, because I've brought it up to Jim. I said, "Dude, we ought to get. We need to get this up to like a hundred boats." And he looked at me with that I same. I thought Jim was going to punch you in the throat. Yeah, he looked at me with that same murder face my wife gave me when I said, "This is the trailer we're going to stay in for our honeymoon." Yeah, and he was like, "I, I've never in my life thought I saw know. that man roundhouse somebody." But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we could do that. I went, "Yeah, sure we could." What we have seventy five. We had seventy five. It's only and it a was few more. Elbow to elbow. So what? We can get a hundred in there any day. It's all good. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, that's another tournament that you want to go and do. Quick reminder too: don't forget Memorial Day, Bone Valley ATV Park is charging just five dollars per person if you want to go out and ride around for the day. Take your ATV, UTV, side by sidey, uh, four wheeler, whatever you want to call it, motorcycle, dirt bike, blah blah blah. It's all ready to go. Five bucks per person to go out to Bone Valley. If you want to go out and run around for the day, which is always a good time to do, go out there and have some fun and do what you got to do. I think it would be a good thing. I don't know if I want to bring this up now or do I bring it up later, but there's a couple of stories that I have that came out this past week that I thought were extremely interesting. Let me. I'll do this with you because I know you're a guy who has a house full of, well, let's see, how should we put it? Oh, Lord. Like me, like myself, uh, you know, 
Uh, some people like to call it, you know, you have a house full of uh, dead things, you know, kind of thing. Hanging wall on the ornaments. wall. Yeah, you know, things hanging on the wall. Yeah. You know, like, you know, deer heads, hog heads, turkey fans. Uh, you know, Manly decorations. You have, uh, you know, full bore um, uh, turkey mounts, you know, those kinds of things laying around the house. This This story came out this past week from the Daily Beast, which I just... First person I thought of you was you, seriously, because I thought this would be something that would happen to Jonathan if we lived in such an area. Oh, God. Cops out in California or out in this area of uh, northern California got a phone call, a 911 call, about an intruder that broke into the house. No, no. The house was full of, uh, let's just say, trophy mounts and, oh, and no. full body mounts, all this stuff. Yeah. The intruder? Was it a bear? Mountain lion. Miles, okay, that's my next guess. Mountain lion, they think they literally hypothesized that the mountain lion literally crashed through the window to get inside the house to go after the, the mounts that were actually in the house. Mm-hmm. They said that the... Uh, once the cat got in there and started looking around and nothing like, uh, responded. Yeah. Nothing responded to his, you know, whatever it is when he came in there (laughs) that he kind of went like, wait a minute, something's not right here. And then meekly kind of walked You're supposed to be afraid of me. And then meekly kind of walked up to a few of the items and gave them a quick sniff and all that kind of stuff. And then went like. Oh, plastic. Never mind. Well, this is not what I thought it was, obviously. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and leave. Go ahead and just walk back out again. I thought, you know, in my wildest, I have never would have thought that something like that would happen. But yeah. I guess if you live in a territory where you got critters who might oh, yeah. have not eaten too well. A uh, friend, uh, no joke, a friend that we made out in New Mexico, same exact story. Uh, black bear. They have black. That's why I said bear or mountain lion. They had with both. They had a mountain lion that actually same thing tried to break through the windows to get because he had a bunch of mule deer mounts and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and then they had a bear that That's actually hilarious. tore the screen door because one of the mount, a couple of the mounts were in front of his porch patio door sure. or whatever. The bear actually tore the screen door off the screen. And everything. The whole door just ripped it off trying to get into where the mounts were at. That is hilarious. But, I mean, but just like you said, once they did that and they're still sitting there, they kind of is like, this is not right. Wait Something a minute. Ain't right. <laughs> but now, they, of course, they couldn't do this story out of Northern California without giving you a few tips on how to avoid this type of thing. Which was, I love this one, which was uh, you, you should first and foremost deer proof your property. Do you know how you do that? By cutting back the vegetation, I you know, and, and creating open space between dense forest and your home so that doesn't give them a place to spring into action and yeah. attack the deer. And I'm like, yeah, because deer don't love being out I mean, in the let open let me, fields at yeah, all. Let, let, let's, at all. Let, let's give them the Braden and Jonathan way to deer-proof your property. Yeah. <laughs> It's called a one-and-done feeder strapped to the tree. Sure, and keeping one propped up by the door. That's I'm all you got to do. just saying. 
And uh, they said, of course, if you, and then they have to give you the, and if you happen to get attacked by a mountain lion, let's just go ahead and throw that in on something totally unrelated to the rest of the story. That, you know, if the if a lion attacks you, try to stay on your feet. And if you're knocked down, try here, to protect your head and neck. There you go. Here, Here's the issue with that. If it happens in my household, so the problem's not going to be for me or the occupants of the household. The problem is going to be is, is who's going to be the one that shoots the mountain lion in the house. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not saying that they're a little trigger happy, but the two girls that I have that live there are not afraid to <laughs> dispatch of animals. Honey, why did you shoot your dad? Well, I was trying to kill it, and I just went ahead and said it'll be he a flesh wound. He cut me off. It'll be a flesh wound <laughs> on him, and it'll kill the uh, whatever it is. And then the other weird story that I found this past week uh, comes out of Outdoor Life, which was one where they uh, some hunters that were out turkey hunting uh, came upon a, a dead uh, bald eagle. Oh, no. Um, and Had that experience. They they came out there. They said it was shortly after daybreak, about nine o'clock in the morning. They were traveling, uh, walking out, scouting for more turkeys out turkey hunting, and they found this bald eagle, and it was dead. And in its talons were was a uh, the top half and the skull, uh, the head of a fawn, mm-hmm. uh, a young deer. And when they looked at it, of course, you know. You're not allowed to touch don't, a bald eagle. Yeah, you know, you're not allowed to, you know, move it, do any of that stuff. So they took lots of pictures. They called the DNR, the local DNR, and said, you know, there's this dead eagle out here. You might want to take a look at it. And they said, well, stay where you are. We're going to send a guy out there. So they did and watched him, you know, go over its wings, go over it and do all that stuff. And it's been dead for a while. Um, and they couldn't find any visible injuries mm-hmm. to this eagle. But when the DNR guy took a look, they kind of figured out that this sucker literally either starved to death or died, like, over panic or whatever. His talons were buried so deep into the fawn's skull that he couldn't pull his feet out. So he's got two feet stuck in the head of a deer. All right, what do I do now? And I can't... I can't get him out. Can't get him out. So he can't land. You think about it. He can't land. He can't walk. He can't do anything. And they believe that it's actually the Fawn's last, you know, great act of defiance. Yeah. Got you, buddy. Killed the eagle. All right. Crazy story. The stuff you find in the woods. Yeah. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back up. in there just having a good old time. I think he's watching old uh, repeat uh, comedy uh, shows of uh, George Lopez. Are you still oh, watching course. those? Is that what you're doing? It's uh, Everybody Loves Raymond now. Oh, oh there we go. 
our show is so riveting that he's actually in there paying attention to something totally out of the real and that show used to drive me nuts. I could never stand more than watching it for like ten minutes. The Jimmy's Johns couldn't couldn't do it anymore. Tony Bolonovich. Yeah, the Jimmy's Johns. Have you got David's Coppinsfields? I couldn't do that. I couldn't uh, drive me I insane. Love those commercials. You can't get me nuts. Uh, talking about the Panfish Challenge and uh, all that kind of good stuff. If you remember last week, we talked about a gentleman who got caught coming back from the Bahamas with a uh, boatload, literally, of fish uh, that he had been over the limit. And in his restitution, he sold his boat and bought the Bahamian government, a very nice boat. I think it was a contender or something, uh, so for their patrol. And uh, paid his restitution, did his did his thing, admitted it freely in court that, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't, you know, I didn't really mean to do it on purpose. I bring all this fish and share with my neighbors and all that stuff. It's not like he was selling it or anything like that. Yeah. Which uh, I thought, you got to give the guy props. He stood up in court, admitted his guilt, did his thing that you would hope that you would do. And then he made restitution with a a foreign nation, uh, you know, for hurting their fishery in in a huge way. I I think that boat was like 300K somewhere around there. So I don't know. It's a very expensive boat. That he donated over to them. But then this past week, you get this story. You got two guys up in Michigan, up in Huron County. Uh, I love this. They had been arraigned for over-the-limit game fish. I didn't know these three were considered game fish, but I don't live in Michigan, so I wouldn't know. Um, Stanley, I'm not even going to try his last name. He was 68. Bruce, he is 53 of Pigeon, both in Huron County. Uh, for illegal possession of panfish, perch, and walleye. Now, out of those three, I would think that the only one that would be a game fish would be walleye. Was that? Is that because I know they do tournaments for walleye? Uh, um, perch and panfish considered game fish in Michigan? I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, these guys. Uh, the one gentleman, uh, Stanley, turned himself into authorities. And faced two charges of over-the-limit possession, one charge for perch and one charge for walleye, and must pay $7,930 in restitution. That seems like a lot. Uh, Mr. Warren, of course, that's Bruce, who's 53. He surrendered earlier this week as well, was arraigned on one charge of taking the daily limit of over-perch, owes $600 in mandatory restitution, both men face additional court fines and costs and can lose their fishing privileges if they are sentenced to a future court appearance. Apparently, over the limit means that uh, these guys were putting down some pretty big amounts. 170 perch caught by the one gentleman, Stanley. Warren caught earlier in the day was some more, but about another. They put them over the daily limit by 60 perch. As Wright continued the investigation, he found 85 bags of frozen fish in uh, four of uh, Stanley's freezers. He thawed out but the, the DNA, they, uh, the DNR, they don't mess around. They thawed out the fillets and counted them, you know, I guess two per fish, you know. So they counted them out so they knew. And based on the uh, daily Saginaw Bay limit, he was over by 35 walleye. The daily limit is eight. 
Anglers may possess an additional two days limit of walleye as long as they are, uh, are processed with a total of 24. 245 panfish, the daily limit is 25. Holy. <laughs> it says the angler may possess an additional two days limit of panfish as long as they are processed with a total possession limit of 75. Doesn't it make you feel good to live in Florida when I guess it's what, 50 per person? <laughs> 50 per? 393 additional perch. The daily limit is 25. Yeah. Uh, fishers uh, may possess the additional two-day limit with no more than a total of 75. So the processed fish from previous days must be canned or frozen. Yep. Uh, so they were looking and searching for violations, and these guys apparently were Extremely over. So seventy. Wait a minute. Seventy-five is for like the total for the year, or is that the? I don't know. It says possession limit of seventy-five uh, with a total. I guess maybe that's. Or is that per day? Uh, you're saying per it day. It says daily limit is twenty-five. Oh, there you go. So, but it says a possession limit of twenty-five. So I don't know if that's in your freezer or whatever it is that you're only allowed that many. So these guys are going to end up paying around eight thousand five hundred dollars in mandatory restitution for. Panfish, perch, and walleye. Which, as I pointed out during the break, when I was a kid growing up, we called panfish perch. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. Oh, it's a, a big. Well, like you, you say, like we talk about panfish down here. I know when we would go up to Illinois and hunt up there, and you go to the sporting goods stores and all that, the perch, what they had for the perch fishing section, I mean, they got the skinners, they've got the. It's, it's crazy. All the stuff that they have up there. Well, I know that fishing for them is a little different up up there, and perch is considered a separate species well, altogether. And, and up there, they're fishing for substance. They're not fishing for. Well, I, you know, I I will have to say that one of the benefits of traveling with the uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was going to those northern states that I would not normally go to, mm-hmm. like Michigan. You know, go up there for the Vikings. You go to stay in Appleton and Green Bay, and. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of areas like that. And you get to eat the local fare. Yep. You know, we'd go out to the local restaurants. A lot of, yeah, a lot of fish and a lot of. And uh, that's where I, I'd, I'd never had rainbow trout before. Mm-hmm. I'd never had uh, lake perch uh, like they have. And I'd never had walleye before until I got up to those areas. Walleye is very good. I know that I had, uh, I remember I went up, there's a restaurant in Appleton called Trimby's. T R I M B, you mm-hmm. know, with a B. Trim B's, two separate words with an S. Trim B's, and that was our big place. We'd go up there because there's really not a lot to do in Appleton, Wisconsin. So we would go down to Trim B's, and no. uh, my first year that I went there, I had um, uh, walleye. Mm-hmm. I'd never had walleye before, so I was like, I'm gonna try this. Ate it, delicious, great fish, whatever. Uh, the next year. Went up there, had the rainbow trout, bada boom, delicious, skin and all. I ate the whole darn thing. Yeah. I was, it was really, I've never had it before. Third trip, uh, the third year went up there. I said, okay, well, I've already had the walleye and I've already had the, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, rainbow trout. It's like, so what else should I try on here? And the lady's like, have you ever had the perch on a plank? And I was like, uh, perch on a plank? I don't I don't know what that is. Let her I'm trying to in my mind I'm trying to think, okay, the British call them chips, but they're really French fries. They call them crisps and they I'm trying to think of like what would it be on a plank? 
Because you remember they used to make plank fries, mm-hmm. you know, the big, what some people call steak fries. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking they just put it on a bed of giant fried, you know, taters, taters or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what in the world is perch on a plank? She's like, well, it's a lake perch. They fillet it. They put it out there. They put it on a cedar plank and they cook it in a mm-hmm. broiler or whatever it is over there. And I was like, Love it. game on. I was like, never had perch on a plank. <laughs> So let's go with perch on a plank. Yep. And it was really delicious. Yep. And I, uh, that's the only time I've ever experienced any uh, up north type, oh, yeah. type fish up there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, catfish, all the southern well, stuff, was... crappie, everything else, sure. But up there, I've never never well, had musky, never had any. Well, like, well, we would go, we would do the Matthews. Uh, Matthews Archery would have their stuff there, of course, and they're in Sparta, Wisconsin. And that's what I joked with somebody and told them. That's the only play, only state I've ever seen that you go into the sports bars, and it's a full-on seafood menu, you know, and it's good <laughs> because it's yeah. walleye, perch, trout, like you said, and it's <laughs> that's what they have. I still have never caught any of those species, nope. uh, but I have eaten them. Yes, so sir. I'm at least one step ahead. All right, taking a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're going to take a fast one, you guys. See, I told you it was fast. Trying to think he's... Turn them off. Driving me nuts. Stop doing that. song welcome back everybody it's big and wild outdoors Braden jonathan hanging out with you and diego this saturday morning having a great old time here in the studio while you guys are getting everything prepped up ready to go get ready for a great cooking traveling fabulous uh weekend that we're going to be happening here in uh the state of florida we hope you're going to have out just go enjoy time with your family and everybody chill out and relax yeah, enjoy it. Get out in the sun. Get a little. Uh, get some sun on them cheeks. Don't Wh- be whichever one. Don't you want. don't be know. one of those people I won't name. That's like all wound up tight about everything and all that, and just go have a good time. Take off your mask. I'm just saying, just be one of those people that goes, be respectful to those and let them have a good time. If you want to be whatever, then you be whatever and, you know. Take off your mask. So anyway, (laughs) uh, if you hadn't heard this past week, (laughs) firearms news, I always love that. You know, it's near and dear to me and I always appreciate it when people send me this stuff. Oh, uh, by the way, I got to get an app out there, too, that the uh, FWC, somebody sent to me. I, I, in a text, I'll get it back. CZ, we we kind of warned you about this, that it was going to be happening, and uh, I got a few emails over that. People were not happy about the fact that 
CZ has now completed and done all everything it needs to do to make it legal legal. Now they own uh, Colt. Mm-hmm. CZ now owns the Colt Holding Company. They announced it uh, this past week that the group, having secured all the necessary regulatory approvals from the United States, Canadians, and everywhere else like that, have uh, closed the deal. And uh, so now Colt Manufacturing is now owned um, by uh, the Czechoslovakian company. So they bought it all. Not only the U.S. manufacturing, but also the Canadian manufacturing as well. So it's 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 pretty much uh, a done deal over that. So uh, on the heels of that announcement, by the way, just so you know, that Colt has announced that they will be bringing back the Anaconda. That so, in a way, it could be a good thing that uh, Colt is going to be reintroducing the classic revolver into its snake wheel gun lineup. So the 44 Magnum Colt Anaconda will be uh, somewhere on some shelf sometime, supposedly soon. So we'll see. In the next five to ten. Well, you know, I, I have to say that all the Colts that have rolled in to the shop have lived in the glass case for approximately maybe two or three days. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, it doesn't matter. The 357s and mm-hmm. the shorties and everything, whoosh, gone. And the triggers on those are, uh, we got a couple of pythons in that were still extremely smooth, extremely well done. Extremely, what they're known for. Yeah, I mean they they, they did a great job, and um, hopefully, I'm, I don't say hopefully, but um, I'm praying that those people that are there doing that job, that have been doing that job for as many many decades as they have for Colt Manufacturing, uh, will will stay on after this new acquisition from oh, CZ. I'm I I don't see it as a I mean, and I hate to say this. But I don't see it as something you got to know that somebody at CZ is probably going to say the same thing you're saying right now. And the fact of if it ain't broke, don't fix it because it wasn't a it's like a lot of these companies. It's not a manufacturing problem that they're having with what they're manufacturing and what product they're putting on the shelves. I mean, it's there's a hundred other things from management to marketing to you name it that that's that's their main problem it's not the product itself it's a lot of the other things and that's why a lot of these acquisitions are happening well and i and i know that some people uh sent me some texts and some emails saying that you know oh another one of our uh, great you know you know companies that was founded here in america is now owned and operated by somebody from across the ocean uh, owned by somebody else, and all I can say is um, CZ has been making great products for for a long, long time. Their pistols, their submachine guns, all the all the things that CZ makes is not crap. I mean, it is not uh, cruddy. There was a, a nice video that you saw of a young lady this year that shot her first hog, and guess what? She shot it with no, it could a have been twenty-two a, Hornet. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> made by said company. Yeah, and uh, CZ has been around for a long time, making a lot of weaponry and a lot of ammunition over there in the Baltic areas and all that kind of stuff. So they know what they're doing. And the other good news is, is the manufacturer's suggested retail price for the new Anaconda forty-four mag is not really crazy out there 
Uh, it's around fourteen hundred bucks, fourteen ninety nine or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, that's not stupid over the top. I mean, I, still, it's a thousand dollars for a pistol, but it it's a Colt. And it's, That'll last you forever. And and it's a forty four mag. So, um, uh, you know, the days of the six hundred dollar four fifty four Casul are trust me way gone and way behind us. You are not going to find those anymore. You're not gonna. It's just. It's just the way of the world. Your money's worth less, and uh, the gunny and the guns have not dropped in value. So, uh, even a standard three fifty seven is going to be things twelve. That do that unless they're just beat to shreds. Guns are usually something that don't drop in value. Yeah, and and uh, and I I have that discussion with people many many times. Um, if you're looking for something that's a beater that's for self-defense, it's going to end up riding in the truck and on your hip and through the mud and crawling around on the ground, all that stuff. Yes, the Colt Anaconda is made for that. But you have to know that that is going to be on that gun forever. And if you plan on keeping the gun forever, then, hey, man, wear it out. Do what you got to do. But if you're like a lot of people that, that have this mentality nowadays that – well, I don't want to go shoot it that much because I want to keep it nice and new in case I ever have to sell it. Dude, if you walk into a purchase like that in the first place, then then why are you buying it in the first place? Exactly. Buy, buy yourself, uh, you know, it's like those people who go and well, uh, it, they buy a $2,000 shotgun and people are like, going, what in the hell would you buy a $2,000 shotgun? Are you crazy? And you're like, I'm going to keep this thing forever. Why wouldn't I keep it? Why? Well, it's that's I mean, Well, it's, it's just like I joke with people lovingly saying well, one of our friends from Brandon Ford when you go in there and buy that truck no I'm I'm not one of those people that goes in and buys a truck as a this is something I'm going to take out on the weekend and maybe drive over here and there and keep it for three years yeah, and treat that, it in whatever when I, a truck is a tool to me I exactly. mean and that's you know and that's like we're, we joked about it the other day because you know I've been looking for a different guide gun and some other things like that and I've looked at some of the Henrys, I've looked at the Marlins, I've looked at, and I mean, I'm looking at some of the lever action stuff. And yeah, I mean, some of the stuff I'm looking at is eight, nine, eleven, twelve hundred dollars. But it's a tool. I mean, it's something for me that when I take it into the woods, it I want it to work. And, and you want to keep it. And I'm exactly, I mean. You're not looking to, to flip it or sell it or do whatever and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've known. Uh, people who bought things for for that very reason, they're like, "Well, I want it, but I don't want to mess it up, uh, you know. So when I sell it, I can, uh, you know, get as much of my money back." And I'm like, "Dude, when you walk into that, uh, you don't go Just in there take care of that it. stuff." That's all. I mean, yeah, you go in there and you and you buy it and you use it the way you want to. When I, my dad, I remember he chewed me up once. That why are you buying a brand new truck? Why are you doing that? There's a plenty of good. There's plenty of used trucks out on the market. Why are you buying new? I go, because Dad, I'm gonna drive it until it uh, falls apart. Falls apart, you know, like you did with the old Chevy. <laughs> you know, whatever. He's like, oh, okay. Well, I get it then. <laughs> you know, so you got to do what you got to do. Uh, but anyway, firearms. There's going to be some changes, of course, with Colts lineup, and I. I didn't get to it last week in too deep, deep but uh, Remington also made an announcement last week that they were going to continue their firearms line. I ran down the, the big three, you know, with the 700 and the 870 and mm -hmm. some other things that they're going to continue to do because a lot of people were speculating that they were 
getting out of the gun business after they did all the big sell-off. And people were starting to freak out about, well, what if I need parts? Or what if I need to send my gun back? Or whatever. I'm like, they're, they're still in business, bro. Yeah. They're just not this monster conglomeration that was costing them yeah. billions of dollars yeah. every year in a run. So now they're just down to doing what they do best. Well, making, and making I guns. think that's the other thing you're going to see a lot in the industry, too, because I know we're seeing it on the archery side and all that. Yeah, you're getting all these companies that are getting sucked up and bought into these big conglomerates, but then you're also seeing it with a lot of them going in the other direction to where, for lack of a better term, they're trimming the fat and they're going back to the basics of this is what we started out as, this is what we do, this is what we do the best, here you go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a great, a great thing for the consumer because I think that happens a lot of times – and you know this with the gun industry, just like I do, like I said, with the archery industry or the hunting industry in general, you always get these companies and they start out as like, I mean, for like us, you know, you get some of these companies, they'll start out as a bow company or a rest company or a, a broadhead company. All of a sudden they're building a, a broadhead company starts building rest or they start building this or they start building sites. And it's like, you know, and you're, they're trying to diversify and branch out and you understand that, but the main thing that brought them to the dance starts to suffer, and because you're overextended with a and, lot of and things, it's, you know. Yeah. Well, I know that. Uh, I think it was a good thing, and a lot of other companies benefited from it because we have uh, now we have a couple of larger ammunition plants that are now back up to full speed that mm-hmm. were actually had furloughed uh, thousands of workers that were yep. sitting at home, and now they brought them all back to go back to work, and then you have. Uh, Bushmaster being acquired by Palmetto State Armory, which, you know, they don't build crap. And, uh, you know, I just see the their product getting better for that. Yep. And then you have other companies, you know, Ruger got Marlin. So who knows? Ruger may have a really cool uh, lineup of, of uh, side gate uh, lever actions coming out here mm-hmm. pretty soon of their own design and own making, H- which H- I hits for the reason to what I was just talking about earlier, why I'm kind of put pump the brakes <laughs> just to see. I, I'm excited to see a Ruger making a, a lever action, a side gate loader. That would be awesome. It would give Henry a run for its money. I, I guarantee yep. it. And I will say this, that Ruger is one of those companies that no matter what problem I've ever had with a firearm, whether it be, minimal I, or big yeah dude they they take it in and they treat it like it's their own firearm and they don't they won't even send it back to you till it's perfect but i like i said that but like you just said though if you have a problem because there's a lot of we've got a lot of root rifles and that's one don't usually have a lot no. of issues i had one issue with a number one and they called me and said we want to keep it for two more weeks and i said okay and when i brought it back they sent me a list of everything that they found that they wanted to redo to make it right. We went ahead and changed the barrel. We went ahead and uh, re-blued your receiver. And we did all this. And I was like, dude, you didn't have to do all that. And they're like, yeah, well, we didn't want to send it back looking like that. And I was like, what that is, is not going to leave here. What did that cost me? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's why I say if you ever see a Ruger number one hanging on a pawn shop wall, buy it. Yeah, right Send now. it back to Ruger and have them fix it. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Hour three is right around the corner. We'll be back.